values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. What exactly is in the Inflation Reduction Act? And let me ask you a question. Do you think the government confiscating more money out of the American economy is going to reduce inflation? If you do, this is this act is for you. I have a list of some of the tax increases in this bill. And you tell me if you believe it's going to lead to higher costs for the average consumer. Uh, there is a $6.5 billion natural gas tax that will increase household energy bills. $12 billion crude oil tax, which will increase household costs. By the way, crude oil, when you think of petroleum-based products, um, there is a lot of products that are not oil and gas or or uh, fuel that are made from petroleum-based products. So all of them are going to get more expensive. $1.2 billion in coal tax. Corporate income tax hikes on U.S. businesses, which will be passed on to households. They impose a 15% corporate alternative minimum tax on financial statements of income of American businesses, reporting $1 billion in profit for the past three years. These American companies employ millions of Americans. The cost of this tax increase will be borne by working families in the form of higher prices, fewer jobs, and lower wages. Not my words. That's what they're saying in this report. A tax foundation report from last December found a 15% book tax would reduce the GDP by 0.1% and kill 27,000 jobs. There is a $124 billion stock tax. Um, so they say when you choose to sell shares of stock back to a company, they will impose a new federal excise tax, which will reduce the value of a household nest eggs, raising taxes and restricting stock buyback harms the retirement savings of any individual with a 401k, IRA, or pension plan. So retirement accounts hold the largest share of corporate stocks, accounting for nearly 37% of outstanding $22.8 trillion in U.S. corporate stock. So this tax is going to cost you if you want to make moves in your 401k or your IRA account. 95% uh, federal excise tax on American pharmaceuticals. By the way, another headline says that uh, according to the CBO, again, the Congressional Budget Office, a nonpartisan organization, they are saying that this prescription drug plan in this bill will actually ra- raise the cost of prescription drugs for most Americans. $52 billion income tax hike on midsize and family businesses. This is the part. Um, The Senate passed an amendment to the bill before its final passage. This provision raises taxes on a manufacturer, retailer, or other capital-intensive business that has seen significant business losses in any year due to the cost of wages, rent, new equipment, inventory, or interest rates. So uh, this provision violates the campaign pledge for small businesses. Taxes on small businesses won't go up. Here's the biggest part of this that worries me. The bill spends $80 billion to supersize the IRS with 87,000 new agents and auditors and ramps up audits on working households and small businesses. The IRS would perform an additional 1.2 million annual audits under the plan. They claim the increased spending on enforcement would net $124 billion. The bill spends 14 times as much money for enforcement as small business audits for the tax services such as answering the phones. IRS employees only answer the phone 19 to 20 percent of the time. So they are not going to increase their services. They are going to increase the auditing arm against businesses. So if you're a small business owner, and this is my problem, I I use this direct example um, 
last week of people I know. I have a couple of friends that are still in the construction world. One owns a, a, a framing and drywall company. I still have a lot of friends in construction still, but specifically these two individuals. And another one has an equipment service, equipment rental service, you know, heavy equipment, lifts, and, and things of that nature. And um, they built their businesses from the ground up. They struggled. I, I know they struggled. We've talked about it. I've known them for 20 years. And through ups and downs, they've navigated the industry, they've kept people employed, they've paid their taxes, they do what they're supposed to do. And when you see this happen and you think, wait a minute, so now what you're going to do is you're going to wait until we're on the backside of COVID. First of all, how long did it take us to recover from what happened in 07 here in Arizona? Just use Arizona as an example. The construction world was rocked to its core. And there were businesses that were strong businesses that didn't make it. And the ones that made it through suffered through years without making any money, struggling to break even throughout the year. There were owners of companies that didn't take paychecks or delayed paychecks to keep people employed, to navigate the very small margins at the time of any profit that was out there just to keep people working, and they did. They made it through that, and finally the slow recovery happened, and we're seeing now a boom in uh, in uh, construction once again in Arizona. They've struggled with having to pay much higher wages. They have struggled with supply chain issues, and they've struggled with the availability of things that they are – when things are available, they're much more expensive. They've struggled with all of this. Then COVID-19 and what it's done to so many other industries. And on the backside of that, now you're telling those businesses, A, your taxes are going up, and B, be very, very careful because we have 87,000 new IRS agents that are going to come after you. Even if you've done nothing wrong, an audit is time-consuming, it's expensive, and it's stressful. And here we have this happening of the demonization of business. And this is where the problems lie. All of you working people out there, every one of you that work, and not for the government, if you work for a company, there is somebody that has taken a, a huge amount of risk to keep you employed. They are spending a lot of money to keep you employed. And if something happens to that business, if something happens to that business, you go and find another job, and they lose everything, everything. So it is a give and take. There are bad business owners out there. There are unfair bosses. I've worked for them. Uh, some of you are working for them right now. There are people that don't value their employees. They don't treat them very well. They treat them like they treat equipment. But we also know that there are employers out there that treat their employees like valued individuals, like family in some cases. But all in all, if they're a good business person, you get a paycheck every week. They do their best with the benefit package that they can offer you. If you need something, they take care of it. And it costs a lot of money to run a business. The demonization of business as if somehow everybody's trying to shirk their responsibility to the government is just not a fair attitude to have. The addition of 87,000, and this is the last thing I'll say about this. We are adding 87,000 IRS agents. We could use 87,000 Border Patrol agents, couldn't we? Border Protection, ICE agents. Uh, you, you tell me where the struggle is, I, and I mean this sincerely. And I'll go back to my original question. Do you believe that taking more money out of the American economy at a time when the United States Treasury is taking in record revenue to begin with, but do you think taking more money out of the American economy – 
out of the pockets of anyone is good for the economy? Do you think that's good for inflation? Do you think that's good for your prospect to be employed? It is absolutely the wrong direction to go, and I think we will all pay a price for this model. And I hope it changes. I hope some things change in the midterms, and I hope things change in 2024. In a moment, we get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's a segment we call Did You Hear This? And it's going to happen in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All right, it's time to get you caught up on the big headlines. We call it Did You Hear This? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Yesterday, the Senate passed the Inflation Reduction Act, and Senator Chuck Schumer made this point. It will reduce inflation. It will lower prescription drug costs. It will fight climate change. It will close tax loopholes. And it will reduce, reduce the deficit. Do you think inflation will go down? No, I don't. I think this is going to have minimal to no uh, no effect on inflation. It may even hurt it a little bit. That's not me. That's Congressional Budget Office. That's even Senator Bernie Sanders. The socialist, the Democratic socialist, not Democrat, said exactly the same thing. I don't think this is going to help at all. I think what this is is a punish the rich bill. And I also think it is about their climate agenda. Now, if you want to do those things, just call it what it is. Again, to the victor go the spoils. You won the elections. You are in charge. You can do what you want, and we have to sit back and watch you do it. But to say that this is an Inflation Reduction Act, when everybody says it's not going to do that, you're lying to the American people in order to pass a different agenda. That's my biggest problem. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says migrants are being forced to come to his city. Some of the families are on the bus that wanted to go to other locations, and they were not allowed to do so. They were forced on the bus. How do you feel about the way the migrants are supposedly being treated? I think that uh, what, what, what the mayor should do, the good mayor of New York, if he believes that those people want to go somewhere else, you put them on a bus and send them wherever they want to go. According to the governors of Arizona and Texas, they are taking volunteers. These are people that are volunteering to get on these buses to go to Washington, D.C. and New York City. And again, they are not doing anything different than the federal government has been doing for a couple of years, loading up busloads of people, loading up planes loads of people and scattering them across the country. How can you be mad at what these governors are doing and you're not upset with what the federal government is doing? Biden has been sending plane loads of people to New York for a very long time. If you don't like if they don't like where they are in New York, you bust them somewhere else and then feel a little bit more of the pain Arizona and Texas is feeling. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the headlines. San Francisco's new district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, says she wants to stop drug crimes at its core. It is not progressive to allow our residents to die out on our streets. Talking about what you've charged is not enough. It's most important what happens on the back end of a case and how it is resolved, because that's where accountability lies. Do you agree with D.A. Jenkins? Yeah, I think accountability is in all of this. Accountability is punishment for crimes. When you make it, when you break a law, when you go out there and do something wrong, you should pay a price. And I think that is where we've got to see the police department and prosecutor's offices working hand in glove in investigating crimes and prosecuting cases. If it breaks down in either place, you get higher crime rates and you get what we're getting now. We need this entire system to be fixed. 
Phoenix Mercury star Brittany Griner and retired Marine Paul Whelan may be freed. The U.S. has proposed a prisoner swap to see Griner and retired Marine Paul Whelan released. It reportedly involves the U.S. sending back convicted arms dealer Victor Boot. What are your thoughts on the optics of this possible prisoner swap? I, I just, again, weighing, first of all, um, the headliner in all of this, as far as I'm concerned, and no offense to anybody, to Brittany Griner, anybody else, we should be talking about this Marine that's been locked up a lot longer and that this guy that served his country was not arrested for for uh, for a hash in uh, in Russia. Um, she has to take some responsibility for her actions there, number one. Number two, we've got to weigh what they are calling this guy Dr. Death, who was an arms dealer. Here we are in this country trying to take the guns away from law-abiding citizens, and we're going to send an arms dealer back to Russia. So is it is it an equal trade? I doubt that it is, but I think the politically correct thing here that they're doing and the way that they're going to offset any outrage that they're going to trade a guy like this Dr. Death for Brittany Griner is they're going to throw in this Marine. He should be the headliner here. We should all be standing up and saying it's about time this guy is brought home. And that is Did You Hear This for today. We'll do it again tomorrow at 1120. Um, There is still so much to go. We're going to talk a little bit more coming up in a few moments. Uh, We're going to go back to the crime and punishment segment we did earlier um, because uh, I want you to hear a 911 call. There is a a Phoenix 911 call about a home invasion, and you're going to hear it in pieces. It was sent to me, and I want to – it's bone chilling, and I want you to picture yourself without help coming or without help coming quickly to what you're going to hear. And I I got to love it. When social media goes crazy, man, I love it. Our, our, our buddy out there, and I'm not going to say his name anymore because no one knows who he is anyway, but this guy that uh, I talked about him threatening parents, which he did. He said, I will give you the the uh, effing wake-up call, a rude awakening that you, you deserve, and you're just being rude to people and threatening online. Um, and uh, and I said, I'm not worried about him showing up here or showing up at my house. And uh, he tweeted back that he's not showing up at my house or my place of work, which I knew he wouldn't. I was never worried about it because uh, trolls like this are anonymous, number one. And trolls like that also only go after people they think they can get over on. And I can promise you this. You're not getting over on me. So I know that he's going to keep doing his anonymous troll stuff online, continue to talk smack and not do anything because he knows that he is bitten off more than he can chew. Because I've got a much bigger microphone than he does. He's got 600 followers that mostly laugh at him. So uh, I just thought it was funny that I got under this guy's skin just by talking about him on the air. So he keeps tweeting, hoping I'll say his name again because maybe he'll get a couple of more followers. But it's not going to work. The other thing about that story is someone has reached out to me. And one of the people in the story uh, says that his name is Josh Gray. I mentioned him by name. He's in the story. He says that I am spreading misinformation about him. And he wants to tell his side of the story. So I asked him a couple of questions. I'd be happy to have this guy on the air to give me the other side of the story because there are two sides to the story, and I want to be fair. If he didn't say the things he said, I will retract them on the air and apologize. But we'll be talking about that all coming up. But in a moment, we are going to go back to our crime and punishment and a 911 call that is absolutely bone-chilling. Stick around. Strong 
values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, we've been talking crime and punishment for a while now and real-life situations and what it's like. Now we're hearing Portland, Oregon is talking about triaging calls for service, meaning they are stacking them, not first come, first serve, but by severity, meaning you are so short on officers. So one of the things we did with COVID-19, and I want you to hear this this amazing call in a moment that is that is chilling to me. But um, what we did because of COVID-19 with shutdowns and mandates and everything else was we were concerned that hospitals would get so overwhelmed that we would not have the staff, not just the equipment, but we would not have the staff to care for seriously ill patients, which means you triage. you. And then they said one of the things we might have to choose between is who gets um, a, a ventilator. Do we give it to a, a 30-year-old mother of three or do we give it to someone that's 80 years old? And we don't want to have to make that decision. But there are plans in place that when you have to triage that way, when there's a when there is a critical incident that happens, an explosion or, a you know, they the hospitals are trained in triage. The most seriously injured are taken first. It's not in the order that you come in. So you could get passed over multiple times in a critical incident when other patients that are sicker than you are, are, are going to be treated before you are. And so no hospital wants to have to do that, and they work hard to not do that. Well, law enforcement agencies are doing that now in parts of the country. This should be a huge, huge red flag to the law enforcement agencies and the governments, local and state, here in Arizona. I want you to imagine, and I talked about triaging phone calls. Now imagine you're home alone and someone's trying to break into your home and you dial 911. I want you to hear this woman. This is Phoenix 911. Phoenix 911, where is the emergency? Hello, 911. That's the beginning of the call. We've broken it up into two parts, and we don't have the full call, but it's about 60 seconds of the 90-second or so call. Now, this is when the person, she says the person, has gotten into her house. Somebody's banging on my Arcadia door. Okay, are you expecting anybody? No. Okay. Like I said, I'm going to keep you on the phone until the officers get there. Okay, do not hang up. We have had a lot of officers out there. It just broke in. It, it, just, it, it just broke? Yeah, it broke my Arcadia door. Okay, yeah, I've got to come out there. They're coming out as fast as they can. She goes on to tell the 911 operator, they asked if she's seen anybody, and she says, I've only seen one person. And he asked, did you see a person or a shadow? And she thinks she saw one person in her home. How long would you wait? How long is too long? You can hear the 911. First of all, we talk about the officers having a stressful job, and they absolutely do. Could you imagine being that 911 operator on the other end of that line and how, how anxious we were listening to that call? How anxious were you when you heard that? Now, imagine being the one that is dispatching officers. You're helpless. You have no hand in how quickly you can get there. You are counting on the officers on the street being close enough to that home to get there while this person has already broken in to someone's home. Uh, just think about that stress level, how stressed you were hearing it happen to someone else. Now, imagine being that person and finding out that response times are six, 
seven minutes. That call was about 90 seconds long. It took this person less than 90 seconds to get into that house from the beginning of the call. So if they have to wait another five minutes or four minutes after someone is in your home, I want you to think about that and think about where we are in policing. The Phoenix Police Department is losing people. A lot of it has to do with retirement age, cops at retirement age. But a lot of it also has to do with um, how they feel about how they're treated, how they're respected or or not by, you know, city management, by the, you know, the city council, members of the city council. You know, you've got at least one active member of the Phoenix City Council that still wants to defund the police. You know, it, it is it is something we never want to endure. But when you hear that, you think, you know, nobody wants to see a cop in their rearview mirror. Nobody wants to get pulled over. You know, it's like, oh, my, as soon as you see them, it's scary. So even if you're not going to get pulled over, it's scary to see a copy. I look at my rearview mirror all the time when there's a cop behind me, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, don't weave. Don't do this. Don't, and I haven't done anything wrong. But there's not enough of them when a situation like this happens. And so when we hear about response times going up, average response times from four minutes to six minutes or whatever, and, and we think, you know, that's a, that's a statistic. Well, there's a real life situation where that statistic is, is between life and death. Now, imagine the best ending for that without the police there is that this woman is able to protect herself and she has to shoot that intruder in her home. She will live the rest of her life. First of all, she's going to live the rest of her life knowing that someone broke into her house either way or that she had to shoot somebody that was in her home. It is not something any of us want. When we're talking about triaging calls, when we give out the statistic last week that in the city of New York, 10 repeat offenders that have been consistently in the re- sent through the revolving door of the justice system in New York with their no bail released on your own recognizance policy, 10 people have been arrested a total of 500 times between themselves. That's 50 arrests apiece on average. And they're never locked up. Most of them are still on the street. It's frustrating the law enforcement, but there's the real life result. What you just heard is the real life result. Because I'm going to take a flyer here and guess this is probably not the first time this person's broken the law. Not the first time they've broken into someone's home. Tried the front door, couldn't get in the front door, went around back, broke through the back gate, then banged on the Arcadia door until they broke the Arcadia door and entered the home. That's brazen. That's not a cat burglar trying to sneak in and steal your jewelry while you're asleep. That is a brazen person that does not care <clears throat> care if someone's in the home and doesn't care if anybody heard them break in. And so when we talk about this, th- I think of two things. I think of officers because I'm from a law enforcement family and I have so many close friends that are in the police departments so and sheriff's offices and troopers around this you know country in different states. But I think of victims, and I think that a crime victim deserves the fastest response time possible when something like this happens. And I can tell you something else. Police officers understand you can never get to a call like that fast enough. It's frustrating for them to be doing what they're doing and how it's being done. 
We have got to have this change. We have got to have two things. We have to have enough cops to make arrests and then do investigations and follow-ups to make cases. And we have to have prosecutors and enough prosecutors willing to say if you break the law, there's no case too big or too small, that if we've got the case made, we're going to put you on trial and you're going to pay a price. That system has to work hand in glove. And when it doesn't, this is what happens to our society. A little bit of time left before we close it out. So we're going to have another conversation, finish up on this, but also talk a little bit more about another topic we had earlier this morning. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time. We have a few minutes left before we close out the show. I want to go back to this crime and punishment idea. Um, And I, I should have said this at the beginning. I still believe everybody's redeemable. I believe you can mend your ways. I believe you can change your ways. So what certainly is that I'm not a lock them up and throw away the key. I'm not a public hangings kind of a guy. Not at all. But I do believe that when you are consistently showing yourself a bad, to have have bad behavior, it's really not much different in principle than parents with children. When you've got children, sometimes you have a child that is um, uh, is misbehaving consistently. You've got to treat them and discipline them differently. I was a basket case of a teenager. I was just a mess. And at that point, my dad was out of the house. My mom was working so much, there wasn't much she could do. So I made a ton of mistakes. Had I not had a foundation where my grandfather was someone that I looked up to immensely, he taught me about being the man of the house and the oldest and all that other stuff. Um, and and some sense of responsibility in being the oldest brother, I may not have come back from that abyss, but I'm different than I was when I was 18. I'm 55 now. 15 to 25 to 35 to 45 to 55. I've been a different person every decade. But what this is about with crime and punishment is criminals and predators, people with that mindset, understand when they have the upper hand. Predators, especially when they're in packs, prey on the weak. You any and it doesn't I'm not even talking about human predators. You look at what the nature of a predator is. They look for a weakness, they cut the weak out of the herd, they attack the weak. You're not going to see a solo lion attack a water buffalo when they could attack um something much smaller. They go after the easiest path or the path of least resistance. In our society, we have decided that we are going to be a law and order society where we employ men and women and empower them to have a badge and um, give them the authority to make arrests on our behalf and put them through a legal system of punishment instead of the Wild West. You know, in the old times, you caught a horse thief and you hung him. Because they broke the law and they stole horses. We don't do that anymore. We have a court system. And we put people through that system. When the system is compromised the way it is now, sometimes it's policy like in New York City with a revolving door, like it has been in San Francisco. But now they have a new DA saying, we are going to pull all of those. We are going to pull all of the the uh, deals that we made that were lenient. We're not doing it. We're, we're going to try these people. 
And it is fascinating to me that we as a society don't understand that when those re- that relationship between law enforcement and prosecutors breaks down, the system breaks down. You've got Portland, Oregon now triaging um, crime. That's a scary place to live. So you live in a place like Portland, Oregon, where the average citizen there cannot own a gun. It's much harder to own a gun in Portland, Oregon than it is in Phoenix, Arizona. And so you don't have necessarily have the ability to protect yourself. Maybe in your home you do, but not outside of your home, not to a large extent. And then you have people on the streets there understanding that the cops are understaffed and overworked. And this is what you get. When you have the brazen smash and grab robberies that are going on, these are people that understand the response times of the police are so much smaller. Uh, I mentioned earlier on the show the the I think it was New York City a guy owned a smoke shop, a vape shop, and those vape pens I don't I've never smoked, but vape pens are expensive, and so somebody just walked in and very brazenly started emptying this guy's shelves. And this is a young business owner, probably has everything he owns in the world invested in this business, and he walked up and confronted the guy and stabs this guy about seven times. There are going to be people out there saying that's way overkill. That crime doesn't fit. The punishment doesn't fit the crime. And you shouldn't stab somebody over property. Let them take the property. Well, that's easy to say when it's not your life savings being pulled off the shelves. Not to mention, you don't know if that guy was armed and wasn't going to, if you tried to stop him, if he wasn't going to kill you. So you're supposed to sit back and let somebody steal your life savings. It's not realistic. It's not realistic. If you are a social media user, I love to keep in touch on social media. At Broomhead, K-T-A-R is my personal account. You're absolutely welcome to join me there, and I would love to interact between shows. Uh, at Broomhead uh, Show, at Broomhead Show, update you on what's happening on the show itself. Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Would love to keep in touch between shows. It's uh, always a lot of fun, and I love to keep the conversation going. We'll be back tomorrow morning again, beginning just after 8 o'clock with the next edition of the show. I want to thank you for being here today. Hope you will join me for part of your day tomorrow. Until then, God bless.